Hey everybody, how's it going? Happy Wednesday. It is Wednesday. Um, happy Wednesday. We survived the blizzard of 2019, which wasn't like blizzard at all. I mean, it was it was a couple feet of snow, but it wasn't like power outages early in the season while there's still leaves on the trees and stuff like that. So. Um, remove snow, snow continues, um, yeah. Um, anyways, one thing I, um, I thought it was, that was important to speak on, but had not yet, um, talked about, but I think it's very important to get mentally straight before you go into a game, is your standards. Now... I say this because I'm, I, I realize that if you're listening, I'm probably talking to a good cross-section of beginner referees, people who are interested in referees, some players, and mediocre referees, and people who are looking to get into you know, the upper levels, perhaps. Or your experts, then I'm, you're not learning a darn thing from this, but whatever. Standards are not talked about a lot, they're talked about after the fact. And I think that's a gross misuse or different misuse of timing because standards need to be talked about before you ever pick up a whistle. And it's something that most refs inherently know. They know if, for example, you're looking at a rugby play and you know if it's a knock-on or not. It's very clear. You have clear standards. You understand what a knock-on is. And you either say, hey, straight down, play on, or it's knocked forward, advantage, or scrum down, or whatever. Um, so, it's... My initial thought was to say it's not easy, but it, it kind of is easy. I will offer you a couple tips, but at the same time, it's, a lot of it is just practice. To establish your standards... Um, initially when I started refereeing I just immersed myself in rugby I played, I coached, I got into refereeing I didn't really understand initially I got into refereeing to understand more of the law and to know what happened and stuff like that so I um, I just kind of, you know threw myself into it and I watched the referees at like Six Nations and Tri-Nations Rugby which is now Rugby Championship level and learn to understand what they were doing on a finer level. Now that helped me because I could imitate it. It didn't help me because I couldn't break down the actual tackle process and the different things that were happening. So that kind of hurt me. So I guess the way I look at it is you need to look at that stuff and look at certain aspects of their game. But let me talk about it basically first. Your standards are what you're seeing and what you're being consistent with. Now, in essence, the easy point is, if it's a knock-on in the first minute, right off the kickoff, is it a knock-on in the 79th minute or the 82nd minute when you're into overtime and this team is, you know, pushing for, you know, this great comeback win 
and they're into extra time. The next infringement will be the end of the game. And there's you know, a player on the field down way back when, and he's being intended by the medics, and his team is defending with 13 men and whatever, and it's this heroic moment. Is it still a knock-on? The answer is yes. You hate to have it end on your whistle, but there must be an uncompromising attitude to getting it right. Now, there is a... I can't say uncompromising and then blend it. Um, I think the first thing that I said is it's not about the law. It's about people management while getting the law correct. So the overarching goal, first goal is obviously player safety. If everybody's safe, great. The two is the game. Is the game living up to the potential that it could be? Okay? If everybody likes you is way, way down on the list, down to, you know, like number 75 or not on the list. Um, Essentially what I'm saying is the call has to be the same the first minute to the 80th minute. Okay? As painful as that is. Now, you you are going to adapt in games. You're going to have to take the whole picture into effect and really just be like, okay... This is not working. Whatever I'm doing, whatever I'm communicating, or however I'm, you know, blowing it up, it's not working. This game is scrum after scrum after scrum. We've already had two props duck out because we've had too many scrums. We need to change something. Maybe you, you don't, you know. It's a very true. I'm realizing how, how difficult it is to talk about this. My cousin gave me a quote one time, and it said, excuse me. There are rules until you get to a certain point, and then there are no rules. Which, basically, the rule of what that means is when you're starting out and you're a beginner, you follow the rules explicitly. These are the rules because of the rules. This is a knock-on to the first to the 80th minute because it's a knock-on. And I'm not saying I'm going to change that. I'm just saying that during the game, there are things that you can tool once you get to a certain level and you understand it. But a knock-on is still a knock-on forward pass is still a forward pass and it's your job to uphold that standard now what I really like to talk about when I talk about standards is the um, this is probably the best tool that is not really given is what we're actually saying but the 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 real thing I like to talk about is the um, it's the statement penalty now when we are penalizing someone we are not saying you're a bad person we're saying I, I prefer to be saying, hey, I need you to do better. And if you come across with that tone of voice saying, hey, man, all of a sudden you're helping them along. Hey, I need you to just keep your feet a little bit more. Okay, great body position, good stuff, just keep your feet. Most people will be like, okay, I've got something I can work on. It's not just that you suck, you know, you dove over or whatever. So if you can come at them and be like, hey, do better. You know, I need a clear release on the ball. I saw your hands on the ball the whole way. I need a clear release. Thank you. That's all. You know, it's very clear, very decisive, and very. Um, but you're just saying do better. You know, you're not, you're not, you're not coming at them. And I think that's the tone in which we explain our penalties. And that's very helpful. But the statement penalty is a um, is a gift. Okay. Now, I'm gonna reference Gordon Ramsay a couple times, but. And he doesn't actually say these words, but his tone of voice and the way that he's doing it 
he, if anyone's ever seen the show Hell's Kitchen, he gets a bunch of professional chefs, and he basically plays them off in a reality TV show for a dream job. And um, it's fascinating because what they do is they go cook, and it sucks, and they play mind games with them or whatever, and he throws it at the wall and has big expressions, and you know, like Gordon Ramsay does. This is what he's known for. He's known for screaming and yelling. So, and my wife, who is a very good cook, watches this show for the first time and says, I hate this. This guy's so mean. And I look at her and I say, he's not being mean. He's saying, that's not good enough. The shrimp is raw, or the fish is raw, or the beef is raw, or whatever, or it's, it's, it looks like garbage, or it's not hot, or whatever. That's not good enough. I have exacting standards, and that's not good enough. So essentially what we're saying is, every penalty we're saying, that's not good enough. Okay? Does that make, does that make sense? I feel like that's, that's the one thing that it's like, hey, I'm not giving you a penalty. I'm just saying, hey, that's not good enough. And that way, in my, in my mind at least, it's much more of a, you can do better, I'm encouraging you to be better tone, rather than, I hate you, I don't like you, you're, you're mean. Um, now, not every penalty is that tone of, hey, do better, but most of them are. I, I prefer to think of most of them are. The people that are trying to work with you are, are willing to, are receptive to that. Um, so, the statement penalty is, say you get a, you're starting a game, and you get that penalty that's, eh, that's good enough, but you're 50-50 on the call. Everybody's going to have those calls. Everybody's going to have those moments. In the first five minutes, I would say even the first two minutes, it is the most important thing because we talked about this earlier that they are scoping you out every single second of the play. But the first five, I say first ten minutes, they are really understanding what you're going to call. If one guy goes in with moderately to high tackle and you say nothing, that is now the standard in their minds and in the coaches' minds. If you're not really putting an emphasis or this guy's lying on top of the ball and not rolling away and you don't blow the whistle for not rolling away, guess what? In the players' minds, the message you're saying is, that's okay in my book. That's okay in my book. That's okay in my book. Now, I have played and refereed and watched many games where both of these things or many, many worse things are allowed that they just let it go and they say, just, you know, play on. <clears throat> now, essentially what you're doing is you're allowing the players to sort it out themselves. Which is, in my estimation, not a very good rugby game. Your job is to look at the law, to manage people, but also to adhere to the law and to get the best game of rugby possible. You know, that's that's the goal. So if your standards are not there, then whatever. They're not there. I can't give you standards, okay? But what I can do is encourage you to be consistent with them. Or if you're changing it... So, for example, I, I recall one game. It was a E3 playoff game, something like that, and a friend of mine was refereeing it. And I... Uh, I was uh, just watching the game. I had the next game. I think I had the D2 game or something like that. And he um, was doing the game, and this one team, the, the home team actually, the local team, lying all over the ball. 
just not any attempt to roll away. They would literally throw a body on top of the ball and let them lie there. Now, I, I was diagnosing this and looking at this saying, okay, that's the first offense. What was happening after was these guys were getting, the other team was getting very low to clean them out. They were, they resorted to boots. There was a couple yellow cards, you know, stuff like that. It was just, and the team was visibly frustrated because they were lying on top of the ball, which is not part of the game. However, the other team, the team that was lying on top of the ball, was playing the game to the referee because the referee obviously had not penalized them for it. So halftime comes around and I'm just itching to tell him this. Just be like, dude, get them the fuck out of there. Not rolling away. Go away. I need a clear release on the ball. Clear release. Thank you. And this guy had everything. He had fitness. He had you know mannerisms. He had everything down. And I just... So I walk up. You know, they know that I'm a ref and wearing the shirt and stuff like that. And they know me. And he's just frustrated with the game. I said, okay, mate, what, what would you rate your breakdowns? Out of 10. And the other refs were like, oh, your positioning is great. And all these different things. You're where you need to be. And, and I'm like, dude, how are your breakdowns? Rate your breakdowns out of 10 right now. And he's like, uh, two, maybe a one. So, okay. So our breakdowns are where we need to diagnose. Um, are they getting away from the ball and allowing the ball to be placed? He's like, no, not at all. And he seemed frustrated by this, and I'm like, but this is in your control. So I said to him, I said, look, get them away from the ball, both sides. Get them away from the ball and have them roll away. That's it. If you don't find a clear release on the ball, you don't move past that. You penalize them. And for the next five minutes, that's the first penalty, the only penalty that you really care about other than egregious ones. You need to refocus and readapt. And within 10 minutes, the game had opened up into a beautiful free-flowing game. Was it the best game that it could have been? No, but the team's frustration that their opponents were lying on top of the ball evaporated. The team that was lying on the ball, they adapted, and they said, okay, he's calling it now. We got away with the first half and, you know, whatever advantages we got. Penalized them three times, bang, bang, bang. They backed off, and they learned to adapt. They learned to get the heck out of there, as they should have been doing anyways. But the thing is, you can salvage it. It's not like you can, oh, you have bad standards and you're doomed. But it is very, 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 very difficult to salvage it. If you go in and you lose respect, it's very difficult to regain respect. So when I'm... The great thing about this was that if he would have gone into the game normally the way he did, done his pregame chat, done whatever else he did, and penalized them the first minute of the game for not rolling away, would the game have been, or how would the game have been different? First off, they would have had 40 minutes of much more flowing play, much better off stuff, much more, you know, exciting rugby. Instead of 40 minutes of stagnation and, you know, anger and yellow cards and screaming. So why would we not do that? So the thing is, I'm just exhibiting the difference in standards. It's just if your standards are poor, you're getting poor results. If your standards are better or, you you know, you understand standards better. You have that, sorry, if you have that statement penalty right off the bat in the first two minutes, they're lying on the ball, Bam! No hesitation, no advantage, just bang. Long, hard blast. 
Excuse me. A long, hard blast, a really serious penalty. All of a sudden, these players, the message that you're sending them isn't, we hate you, it's just, that's not good enough. So, keep that in mind, we'll talk more about that later. But, I'm um, we'll go to work now. All right, we are back after a lovely 12-hour day of cutting hair and making people smile and stuff. Um, no, I'm kidding. Um, so, one thing that I think I'm going to add is I'm going to add a um, short segment where I will talk about, you know, my day and what happened in my day. Um, I think the things that I struggle with throughout my day are... I um, Now, it's funny to me. I, I, I hated this system. Oh, that was my brakes. Oh, that was loud. Um, I hated this system years ago when everybody was treating it like gospel. But I recently did the Myers-Briggs test. You know, your exam or whatever you call it. And I don't exactly know what I am. But I found out that I my personality type, which fits very well, is I am that of a debater. So I, I, I find new ideas and I find them exciting, but to do actually the nitty-gritty work of doing them and getting better at them or the monotony of work, it, I lose out very quickly. I lose interest very quickly, which is fair. I, I can't disagree with that. Um, I'm going to sneeze. Excuse me. Um, so cutting hair is at times very exciting and it's at times very boring somebody, you know, wants the same thing, then I have to, you know, find engagement in conversation, and I have to try for that. So, sometimes I find that, and sometimes I don't. Um, now, this doesn't mean I need to, like, shout people down. Please, that's not what I like to do at all. I, I, I need mental engagement, though. And I think that's one of the things that captivates me so much about refereeing. I love turning things over in my mind and just thinking about them differently. How could I have handled this situation better? How could I have improved my standards from the beginning? What were the mistakes that I made that I said there? Or how could I have worded that situation better? And refereeing is just this limitless freedom to do that. To improve on what you said, what you did, and how you can do that. And how you can do it better. Um... So I really, I think that's one of the things that dawned on me is that it's literally, you're given a starting point saying, hey, you're going to have these two teams play a rugby game. And the end point is everybody goes home safe. And the rest is up to you. But you know what it looks like when it's done really well. And if you can get people on your side, it can be really awesome. So let's shoot for that. Let's go there. So... I, and I, I like that expression, that, that creativity, that freedom to be like, all right, let's, let's just have a good time and do it really well. Um, so that's one thing that I've been thinking about. There's another quote I heard recently, and I might have already said it, but it's been kind of dwelling on my mind for the last few days. It is slow is smooth, smooth is fast. Now, this, this is applicable in, in rugby as well. You go through, when you're learning to tackle, you start at half speed. You start 
very slowly. You start on your knees, and you have somebody come to you, and you fall with the tackle, and you, you know, then you work up into it, and you begin to stand on your feet, and you collapse with the tackle and bring them down, and then you begin to engage on them, and but you keep that slow is smooth, that smooth attacking focus of doing everything, these tiny little things correctly. And then when you do that, the smooth becomes fast. Man, it's been a long 12-hour day. And I think that for refereeing, it's... the, The process that I worked on for my tackle breakdown is the same thing, or any other process is the same thing. You start slowly. You write it all out. You say, okay, what's happening here? You know, bang, 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 bang bang one what am I looking for here two what am I looking for here three what am I looking for here it's the same with scrums Um, but I found with rugby and with your standards if you can get two or three focuses of your standards really high and really non-negotiable and you make those the right non-negotiables you're going to have a great time because the game will flow now, standards, I can break this down in a million different ways, but standards around the tackle area are where there is no room for negotiation. Standards around the tackle area is, again, I'm finding myself getting caught in this thing of saying there's no room for negotiation, but in reality, there's only room for nego- no room for negotiation on one thing, which is there must be a clear release of the ball. Now, as referees, we don't deal in absolutes. We like to say that we do, but we don't. Because there's a situation where, you know, I can ping a guy but for a million different things, but if he's not rolling away, but he's trapped, and he's not impeding with the play, guess what? I'm not going to penalize him if he's not interfering with play. Am I going to keep an eye on him? Hell yes, I'm going to keep an eye on him. But if the scrum half's sitting there bitching about it, and the guy clearly can't get out and roll away, and the ball's right there, I'm looking right at the guy, making sure he doesn't touch him and move. The defender lying on the ground doesn't move or impede play at all. And if your rolls right into the scrum half, there's a penalty and perhaps a yellow card because you're being an idiot. You know? No, you're not being an idiot. You can't say that to the player, but you can say, hey, you were in a position. I saw you. I talked to you. I said, stay there. We're going to let play continue. You're not going to impede anything. And then you rolled into the scrum half or you impeded his play. You know very well what you're doing. Here's a yellow card. You know? I think I saw Sam Whitelock get yellow card for that. He was lying there and he just happened to wave his arm in the way that just knocked the ball out of the scrum half's hand. So... Yep, ping him there. Um, So, the tackle area is where, let's say you can be very rigorous with your standards. Um, The one thing that I say about my standards is um, there must be a clear release of the ball. If you think of it this way, if you break rugby down into the simplest things, it is a game meant to be a fluid game. And it is a game meant to be played on your feet. Okay? Now, if there is something infringing on those fluid game, the fluidity of the game, such as not releasing the ball, um, not releasing the tackle player, um, not play, hanging on to the ball. I'm sorry, those are two penalties that I always mix up. Um, not rolling away, like lying on top of the ball, things like that. Um, on sides, which is slowing the game down, um, 
throwing the ball away, which is slowing the game down. I mean, I could continue to go on with these penalties, losing your, you know, all those things that just slow the game down. These are a big sweep of the brush, but if you're slowing the game down, you're removing the fluidity of the game, you are going to get a penalty. It's, it's really not even a question. It's just like, hey, how you doing? Here's your penalty card. Penalty. Um, and the second thing is it's meant to be played on your feet. So if you are going shoulders below hips, if you are doing things like that, if you are really being, um, you know, unfortunate with how you're going into the tackle, first off, be more careful. It's not that difficult. Secondly, be aware of the fact, you know, like that you can tell them, say, hey, I need you to do better. You're losing your feet around the tackle area and you're disrupting the game. You're slowing the game down. Oh, other than that, the game's just meant to be played fairly. You know, it's a fair contest. It's meant to have a fair contest in pretty much every dynamic of the game. In the lineup, the scrum, tackle area, whatever. So, if you keep those two things in mind when you're going into the game, I understand the law book is very finely worded and they have all these tricky um, different things um, that go into the law book and there's always these quizzes that they give you and it's like, all right, you're going to get one out of 20 and you're a decent referee. So, whatever. I, I always was never good at those. I was never good at the law, but I think that I made up for it with personal you know, communication, and really my thought process was what set me apart from some of my peers. I, I don't know that. That's my personal opinion. I related well to people. I understood the spirit of the game, and I, I didn't really let my standards slip. Well, I do. I did. Don't get me wrong. I never had perfect games. I always let it slip a little bit, but I always kind of found ways to regain it or was able to diagnose correctly what the problem was, I hope. Even though I failed, but that's okay. We all failed. Um, so back to standards. I, I think it's, it's the main gist of standards. You are right about your standards. Whatever they are, you're right. from the moment you kick the whistle off and you blow that first penalty your standards are the game you know you can adjust them a little bit at halftime it's difficult to adjust keep in mind if you say something for 40 minutes that you know for example like the example I just said if you say something for 40 minutes that not rolling away from the ball is not an important part of this game and I'm not going to referee it you say something, I'm not going to penalize it, 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 I'm not going to penalize it. The message is very strong and very clear that you have said that. Because you've been a very effective in explaining that you're not going to penalize them not rolling away from the ball. However, when you try to change that, there's going to be resistance. Because you're losing consistency. You're, by definition, not being a consistent referee. Are you improving the game? Yes. Are you making a, are you making an adjustment that is worthy and is helpful and is overall beneficial to the game? Yes, you absolutely are. Is it difficult? Yes, it absolutely is. Um, and I know that a lot of referees would you know not be happy with that or 
coaches would not be happy with the consistency. But that's called the living, breathing game of rugby, and you have to adapt to the games that you're given. I, I always look at myself at halftime and say, okay, where are my standards? Where am I going with this? Where is this going to continue? Am I happy with how this game is going? Okay, I know this could be a better game. I know this could be smoother. I know this could be you know, better communication. I could have done this better here. And I always make a point of saying, using the five minutes of halftime, pull the captains over, have a quick 10, five, like, even like three seconds. Hey, captain, let's keep working on the offsides. Just a nudge. That, hey, those aren't quite up to standard yet. Those aren't quite up to par. Let's keep working on those offsides. Then they go in. The coach talks for four and a half minutes. Give it to the captain for the last 30 seconds. Hey, guys, ref just said, let's stay on sides. Okay. Last thing they hear. Bam, suddenly you're in. You know, you've got a, a, a voice. Your captain is your microphone. If he doesn't want to say it, that's on him. And you'll keep penalizing them. But I think the thing is that you are right no matter what your standard is. Whether it's the national standard or the international standard or... Whatever, if your process is that's a penalty, it's a penalty. And it is up to the players to adapt. Now, are all standards correct? Hell no, they're not all correct. But the thing is, unless safety is in jeopardy, you're the referee for the 80 minutes of the game. Now, are you, you're going to let things slip, but again, going back to way, way back, in my previous segment, we talk about the, the statement penalty. Oh, this is such a big point that they don't talk about until level two. But statement penalties are huge. They're so important. If you have... Now, there's certain calls. You're always going to have a percentage factor in your mind. <clears throat> you're going to have a certainty, certain call. Okay, you just saw a guy punch this guy in the jaw, and he's out cold. Is number six black. Okay, six black, come here. Stop the game, separate the team. Six black, come on over. Captain, come on over. I saw him strike a man in the jaw with his fist. That is a strike to the head. There's your red card. We're done. Right? The end. It's over. Um, that's 100% certainty. You saw his number. You have that confidence in that, you know, you're doing the right thing. Everyone's felt this feeling. Everyone knows what I'm talking about. There are some calls that you're going to have, you know, a grade of, um, you're not going to be so sure. And that's normal. That is perfectly normal. Please don't think that that's not normal. It's perfectly normal to be like, hey, this is not, I'm not entirely sure about this, but I'm thinking about it, and I'm, yep, this is what I saw. And you make the call. And life goes on if you miss it. You know, it's not, you know, the end of existence. Um... But one thing you can do is you're going to get calls that are like 50-50 calls. Especially in the beginning of the game. In the beginning of the game, in the first two, three minutes, you're going to get a call that that guy rolled away, but he didn't roll quite, quite fast enough. This is an emphatically strong message to say, hey, not good enough. I implore you. Send that message. Remember what it was like. Remember the picture. Remember what it looked like. Send that message loud and clear. As loudly as you can and as clear as you can. Okay? Because what that does is it sends the message with that same emphasis. That is not good enough. 
Okay. The referee's refereeing the rolling away pretty tightly. Okay, sounds good. Nobody's going to be pissed in that first penalty unless it's a really bad call. But maintain that. That is the easiest way and best way to maintain that. So statement penalties are amazing. So um, I am going to go and see my wife. I haven't seen her for 12 hours or 13 hours. So, But I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. See ya.